Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Um, but uh, we are glad you took some time. We are doing a series here, Kingdom Come. And, and looking at what it means to be a part of the rule and reign of God in our everyday life. We, we can talk about God's kingdom, but how does God's kingdom really m- impact us? And more than just for us, as we're going to talk about today, how are we a part of what he is doing? That's really what it's about. It's not about us. It's really about him. And, and, and so each day we wake up and, and we subconsciously probably do this, but we start our day really going, which king am I going to serve today? Who, who, is, it, is it the kingdom of me or the kingdom of he? Is it, is it the kingdom of God or is it the kingdom of myself? And, and we answer that question, again, maybe you don't think of it this way, but we answer it with what we do with our life. Our, our minds, our agendas, our resources, our priorities, our relationships, specifically, and then what we're going to talk about this morning, our attitude is reflected in that question. Am I serving God in his kingdom, am I building a kingdom for myself? A few weeks back, our small group got together and we went to this, it was called a poverty simulation. And what it was is we had this evening where we would basically go through this, you know, simulation about what it feels like to be impoverished in Whatcom County for one month. And so we would rotate through the different weeks, but you would, what you do is you had a, a family that you would meet together. I was with, put with random people I didn't know, strangers I didn't know, and we were a family, and we had to go through and we had to meet the needs that we have. We were all had various scenarios. People had uh, loss of job, or there's illness, or there's old age, or there's lots of children, and there's a lot of things that made up your little scenario as a family. And you go through and each day find services that you needed to take care of. You need to pay bills, you need to earn money, you need to get kids to school, and you even needed to stay out of jail, which one of my kids and my family didn't even make it that far in the month, right? And and all this was going on, and the and the And Trudy, our facilitator, made it very clear, don't make this a game. Don't make it a competition. This is what people in real life go through and they're they're in need. And so we would go through all this, but but I forgot that part about competition. I forgot it's not a game. And as we're going through, things started happening that were out of our own circumstances. I mean, we're doing everything on the list as far as we could, accomplishing everything. And all of a sudden we have setback after setback after setback. And it's finally at the end, when we get everything done and we scrambled enough to have enough money for rent to pay, we show up at our little home, which was a, a group of chairs and all of them are collapsed with a sign that says evicted. I'm like, you're kidding me, you know? And then so our facility, after kind of debriefed the whole group and I was the first guy to go, Hey, this happened. We did everything on the list and then we got evicted. What's the deal? And then she said these words that mom, well, mom, we'd be nice to you today. It's probably dad would say these words. Life's not fair. It's just the way it is. And then she says, hire a lawyer. And I thought, you know what? That any lawyers really, def- or the reason there's lawyers because life is not fair. There's injustice in our, in our world all the time. It's in real life. You don't need a, a simulation to tell you that, that life's not fair. From you and I, you know, it started with, we didn't get the, the as big as ice cream cone as our brother or sister. Uh, 
got passed over, you know, on, on a ball team. You didn't make the team. Another person you didn't think was good made the team. You got passed over in a promotion. You know, it was that lazy guy whose boss's wife's second cousin got the job and you didn't get the job, right? And we cry, it's not fair. Well, life is not fair. You heard those words before. You don't like to hear those words. I don't like to hear those words. But aren't you glad for Jesus? Aren't you glad for Jesus? I mean, think about with Jesus. I mean, if, if anybody would understand fairness would be Jesus, right? We, you, we would think so. But the answer that we're going to look at this morning might surprise you a little bit. You see, when we discover about Jesus and addressing the issue of fairness, we find it in a parable that really describes what the kingdom of God is like. In our Kingdom Come series, we've been looking, Tyler and I have been looking at the various parables that really describe, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like. And today we're going to look at one of those again here. And so I'd like to turn to this passage in scripture in Matthew chapter 20 this morning. And we're going to look at this where it starts off, where Jesus says these words, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarii for the day and sent them into the vineyard. A denarii was equal to about an average farmhand wage, probably, probably a whole day's wage, about 10 hours. So you get one of those a day, you worked all day. Most likely though, the reason they were scrambling to get people to work was this harvest time. There was, only, there was only a small window of time to get all those grapes in so that they don't spoil. So then Jesus goes on in the story. And he says about, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. After five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around and he asked him, why has you been standing here all day looking uh, along and doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers all together and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denaria. So when they came, when those came who were hired, Hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarii. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These were hired last work only one hour. They said, you have made them equal to us who have borne all the, the burden of the work and the heat of the day. Sum up what was happening. We've all been there at moments. Go, wait a second, time out. That's not fair. That's not fair. Now, I've never worked a farm before except pick strawberries as a kid. How many pick berries when you're a kid, okay? Oh, man, fun stuff, processed berries, the berry farm, days like this, pretty warm. So I only did a short amount of time, but I can, I can relate with this when it comes to things not being fair, is helping people move. When I've been asked to people, I've asked, been asked, but I'm like one of those people, I get asked to help people move all the time. And, and, uh, I remember, you know, times in helping people move and they said, 8 a.m., we need help. And I get there right at 8 a.m. There'd just be a few of us and we work all morning. I mean, taking load after load after load. And then, you know, and then a few more people would show up a little bit later. Hey, how's it going? You know, they roll in about 10. I'm like, oh, we could have used you earlier to help, but I'm glad you're here, you know. And then honestly, there's always one 
person, right? One dude shows up and there's like only a couple boxes left in the, in the load. You know what I'm saying? You know that guy, you don't point any fingers at this person, but they, they come and, and they're like, oh, do you guys need any more help? And like, oh, well, here's some pillows that need to be moved. Oh, I got those. And then right after that, someone comes along and goes, pizza's here. And then guess who's the guy first in line to get pizza? That guy. And I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? Really? Seriously? Do you need to earn that pizza? Do I have a grudge against that? No, I don't have a grudge against that. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's the way it goes. It's going to do that. It's going to be a loser like that. It's fine. It's okay. But here's the thing about it. It's all about perspective because you know what? When I, people help me move, I don't care if you showed up four hours or 15 minutes, I'll give you pizza. Okay. I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad for any help we can get. It's really kind of perspective when it comes to really understanding fairness. Now, there's more important things in life when we cry, who gets pizza first? Some of you have dealt with some serious things, even growing up, even where you work really, really hard on a, on a paper in college. And, and you know your friend didn't do a whole lot of work at all, and they get a better grade than you do. There's just times of unfairness in school. There's times where you work really, really early and stay really late. And the other person gets all the credit for the work. You, she got the raise and you didn't. And you're working the same amount of job, you know, same type of job. I mean, it goes over and over again. We do that. Here's the question though, with all of it, what is your reaction? Life's not fair to you. Now, when we're kids, we, we had, you know, tantrum tantrums, we had pity parties, but let's be honest, in real life situation, even recently, right now, you might be in the middle of a season right now where you're going, it just feels brutal. There's people out to get me. There's, there's situations that just seems like it's lopsided. It's not going my way at all. Life seems brutal and you feel a bit beaten up. And what we do is we default back to, to whine, to moan and complain, don't we? That's our natural way to do that. That's just part of life when life is not fair. Well, just as life's not fair, can I just give you some great encouragement today? Can I just, boy, this is going to be so good. I think you're going to love this. Guess what? Life's not fair and God's not either. Like, uh, huh? Really? Well, look at the parable that Jesus said. Think about this. Look at it. What Jesus communicated. Here these people worked all day long. And at the end of the day, what is he saying? They all get the same. He goes on. And this is the response of the, 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 the farmer, the, the, the farm owner that, 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 that he heard the complaining. He answered one of them and he says, am I not being unfair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a denaria? Take your pay and go. I want you to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. There it is. Don't I have a right to do what I, what I want with my own money? Hey, he's the landowner, right? The response is really this. It's pretty factious, pretty straightforward. This guy can do what he wants to do. He can pay people what he wants to pay. And those people at the beginning of the day agreed on the price for the, the day. They could ask for more, but they didn't. It's just the way it is. It wasn't fair. Well, was it fair to feel like to the people that worked all day? How did the people at the end of the day feel? They felt pretty good probably, didn't they? <laughs> What's the whole story of this? The crux of it really comes to this, this question that the farm owner asks next. 
I really think this next question he asks is the heart and motivation of why Jesus tells a story and remember what the story is about. It is about building of God's kingdom and what God's kingdom is like. It's like a vineyard owner. And who's it referring to? To to a king, really. If it's about a kingdom, if the kingdom of God is like, it's really not just about a vineyard owner. It's about a king. Well, who, which king are we talking about? Whoever is the kingdom, who's the king of the kingdom of God? And there's only one king of the kingdom of God. It's really bringing into question the fairness of God himself. Because here's the key question to all of it. When we cry not fair, here's the response of the unfair vineyard owner, or the unfair king of the kingdom of God. It's this, are you envious because I am generous? Are you, are you envious because I'm generous? I think that question speaks volumes as it relates to the very character of God. What is it saying? It's saying this, that God is a generous, unfair king. He's not trying to be fair. The reality is we don't want God to be fair. I'll explain here in a moment. See, God is generous, meaning so much that, and what does that mean to be generous? Well, I, I think we can, there's a lot of characteristics of generosity, but here's a few things about the king, the unfair king of the kingdom of God, that he's, he's just, that he's merciful, that he's grace-filled, and he's loving all in one that expresses his generosity. Let me explain it by defining some terms, okay? Some fair statements, you can call them. First is this, you need to know that when it means justice, justice means getting what we, what we deserve. Justice is getting what we deserve. Our world cries not fair because of the injustice, and it should. Two million people, mostly women and children, exploited globally in commercial sex trading every single year. One billion people will not eat today. Every five minutes, a child dies of preventable diseases that could have been prevented by one shot. You might be angry at those scenarios, as I am angry at those scenarios, and the situations that go on and on and on and on in our in, unjust world around us. And there's this innate sense of justice that comes over us. There's a causalness that we're created with, and it comes from God. God is that way. The Bible talks about so much of the justice of God. For the Bible says, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. What is it saying is that there will be a day. There will be a day when the, un, the ungodly, the people that do evil, when the people will, will cause harm, there will be a vindication. There will be a day where justice will be served. Where those who have been cheated and been wronged, they will receive their due, those who cheated and wronged, will get their due punishment. And so when we cry justice, we, we want justice in the world, but we forget something about the bad people is the bad people includes a, a bigger group of bad people. The bad people is this, is that when we call out the bad people, we justify and minimize our bad because our bad is what is called sin. And we were all born sinners. Some of us go, well, that's not fair. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. Bible makes it very clear. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And because of it, do you know what we deserve because of it, of justice? We know what we deserve? We deserve, you think, well, nothing, right? No, we deserve more than nothing. We deserve death and punishment. We deserve hell. You go, that's not fair. No, God's not fair, but he is just. And so if, if justice is what we get, what we do deserve, then we desperately need something we don't deserve. You know what that is? It's called mercy. 
It's mercy. Mercy is getting, getting what we, it's not getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Scripture encourages us with this. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love. Mercy is this, is that we do not get what we should deserve, and that is the wrath of God unleashed upon us. We, we deserve that. The, the problem comes, how can you have a merciful God and a just God at the same time? Well, here's where the most powerful reality that we could ever experience, and it's called grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And that came in the way of the cross. It came the way of the cross. Again, understand this, the cross, it reshaped our understanding of fairness and justice. The cross was an unfair exchange. Think about this. If you hold our, our shallow demand of fairness, then we would see that God punished the wrong man And bless the wrong ones. Don't misunderstand. God is just. Someone had to pay for sin and evil. But it it should have been us. Should have been us. The gospel is completely dependent upon the unfair exchange. All our sin for all of God's goodness. Doesn't seem very fair. You think it was God. Is God not fair? No, he's not fair. He's not fair. We should have been ones punished for our sins. We should have been the ones to receive the wrath of God. But Jesus took it upon us. Jesus, who never sinned, was brutally punished for us. It's called this wonderful, amazing theological term called substitution. What we should have got, someone came in our place and took the wrath of God for us. When Jesus was on the cross, what what happened? What happened is all of God's wrath was was placed upon him. What did he cry out? Lord, why? Father, why have you forsaken me? That separation from God the Father for him at that moment to take all of wrath of sin. And so while the cross was just, it certainly was not fair. And that's why it depends. That's why we tend on God's unfairness. Hope that makes sense. The key in all and God's generosity, though, comes down to this, is the motive of it all. It's the motive of it all. Him being just, him being merciful, it comes down to this. It comes down, and, and receiving his grace, it comes down to the motivation is this. It's love. It's love. I love Romans that sums up a just, merciful, grace, grace-filled, loving, generous, unfair king. Listen to these words. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. And And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we were certainly saved through the life of his son. So now you can rejoice in your wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Once we were God's object of his wrath, once we were enemies, and what is because of what Jesus did for us, what are we called? Friends. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Do you, can, you, can you grab hold of what that means for all of us? The wonderful reality being friends with God. So the question, if we really grab hold of that, is this. Why are we still complaining in life? We have everything everything that we need. Why are we still complaining? Listen, I believe what Jesus 
is saying for us in all of this is when we come to this understanding of an of a unfair kingdom and an unfair God, that what we should have received, we didn't have to receive. And that would have been punishment. What we ended up getting we don't deserve is grace because of his love. Mercy upon our life. What does it create? It goes back to that very question. Is not God generous? Is he not gracious upon us? Isn't it in understanding and grabbing hold of the, 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 and having the gratitude for a gracious, wonderful God, wonderful king? Isn't that enough? See, that, un, that deep level of gratitude for un, unfair God is the very, very point of the heart of Jesus for his kingdom. Is God fair? No. No, he's more than that. He's filled with love and mercy and grace, and he is generous. And Jesus finishes this parable, and if this parable maybe is familiar, if some of you maybe you're new to church, not around uh, church a lot, or maybe, but you're going to hear these words, and you go, I've heard that before. And I was wondering where it came from. Here is what it says of what's familiar to you. And I'd like to read these words aloud. Can we on the screen? These are the Jesus words. This is what Jesus says at the end. So say it with me. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Oh. All that the vineyard owner did, all they communicated, understanding the, this generous, wonderful, unfair king of the kingdom puts it all in perspective that the first will be last and last will be first. Jesus is summing it up really with this is that it doesn't matter who goes first. It doesn't matter who gets more. It doesn't matter who gets it faster and better and greater. It's not about a religious competition. It's about a relationship. It's all about a relationship. The, 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 the divine vineyard owner is going, hey, who's in? Who wants to be a part of this? Who wants to come along and just kind of picture this wagon that's going down this village and people are, people are wondering, can I get on? Can I get a, be a part? I need work. Can I jump in? Some made it, some didn't along the line, but that wagon circled again. And the opportunity came because it's still day. That's key. It's still day. There's still opportunity. It doesn't matter if you started at 6 a.m. or 9 a.m. or noon or 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. It really doesn't matter at all because life isn't about a competition. The unfair world out there tells us that, but that's not the world we're to live in. That's the world of, of, of the earthly kingdom, not, God, not God's kingdom. I really think when we deeply appreciate that this is the fact that we're on God's crew, just the fact that we're part of what he's doing, just the fact that we're, our souls are saved and we don't get what we should deserve as hell, but we, what we don't deserve is we get grace. Isn't that enough? Isn't it enough? Well, boy, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you see other people get what you don't get and all that, I get that. But I want to remind us today, what do we deserve? We deserve nothing. Zero. And for our Canadian people, zilch, okay? Squat, okay? That's what they say in Custer, squat, okay? All of us. All of us, what we deserve is none of that. What we deserve is how, what we get is God's kingdom. And we get to be a part of it. Is that not enough? Well, what do we do with this? How do we make this a part of our everyday life? Well, I just want to give you two words and then we'll, we'll wrap this up and some thoughts here. 
Two words, two words today for us to think about this week. Make it practical is this. In all of it, we, all that we received and all that God's done, and we come to this deep appreciation for this generous, generous, unfair king. When we really understand this, here's the challenge for us to live it out is this, to live last. If we could, if we could get in our minds and our hearts and the mentality, when we wake up in the morning, you know what? I'm going to live last today. You're thinking, um, what does that mean? Not sure. I think I kind of understand. Well, let me just give you some practical thoughts that I think it can drill down a little bit and really take this with us today. I think first is this living last, you put these in your notes, is celebrating rather than comparing. When we're living last, we're celebrating rather than comparing. I have to admit lately that I am absolutely sick of social media, okay? And I'm complaining. I just said I wasn't going to complain, but I just complained. And the reason for this is, and if you do that, it's great. I'm not against you. I'm not like, oh, look at you if you do that. I have just come to a place that if I ever want to, like, I'm kind of feeling down a little bit. If I want to make myself feel worse, I turn to social media. I don't know what it is. Like, and I, I just, and maybe it's my own, like, insecurities, my own thing, but I find there's somebody out there that's doing something tropical that I'm not there. Okay, there's always somebody doing something and I've come to place and we all have done this and you learn the age old, you know, thought with this. And I want to remind us of this is we got to look when we see someone's, you know, images and what they put up there, they're not putting their worst up there. They're putting their best. They're, they've got the best angle on the, on the camera. They're, 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 they're going through a lot of photos to get the one they like that thinks most attractive. Okay. What a lot of times we do is we compare their edited images of what the selected images to our raw footage. And we're going, I don't relate with that. Look at them, what they're doing. And we do that in life in a lot of different ways, not just social media. We do it all the time when we compare ourselves. And how many of us spend so much time worrying because we're in this competitive, unfair world we live in. And like, why are we doing that? Can I remind us, you've heard this before. Maybe mom told you this. There's always going to be someone who got, has got it better than you and someone's got it worse than you, right? We know that because we need to be reminded of this. This last week, and I, want to, I always really, really appreciate people expressing prayer requests. I want you to know people pray every single week for your specific needs. Oh, there's a group of ladies that do that and others pray and our staff prays and our leaders pray for these needs. And last week, if you're going, man, I had a rough week, listen to these needs, prayer requests. Two Twin girls needing open heart surgery. A young married man with a kidney failure and incurable joint disease. A relative, which I just spoke with the person I was connected with before the service in the Philippines with stage four cancer. You think you got it bad. Now, what we can do with that sometimes, we kind of go, we compare the good and the bad and go, you know, well, boy, sucks for them. And we got to go further. Living last is more than going, oh, too bad for those people. Man, I wish I could be like those people. It's more than that. What we're called to live last is the words of Paul who says this. He says these words, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's living last. It's celebrating, excited when other people have success, when they get a new house and they get a new car and they get a new promotion and they go on those trips and they had a new baby and they experience new marriage and they go through all they're going through. We, we got to just celebrate and excited of the stages and phases of life and every stage that we can be people that celebrate that, truly, truly celebrate for their fortune. But when people are hurting and pain and struggling and everything, that we're coming around and we're not just going too bad for those people. We're going, we love you. 
We're praying for you. We want to be with you. And we'll weep with you and we'll cry with you. But we want to celebrate with you. That's what it means to be a part of living last. Being there present. Not just in proximity, but being fully, fully present with people. Another way of living last is this, is preferring others rather than feeling entitled. Preferring others rather than feeling entitled. See, there's a big difference, and you probably know, there's a big difference between injustice and preference. Comparisons like this is that injustice is slave labor in South Africa picking coffee beans. Preference is when we tell our barista that we wanted hazelnut, and they gave us almond. Can't believe that. Is that injustice? Hmm. Ouch. See, we can be so much as the consumers, and specifically in church, we become consumers. Oh, CTK, let's break that. Let's break consumer mentality. I love coffee. I love music. I love certain songs. Do I love them all? Does it matter? Do you say, no, I don't like that? No, not all of them. Does it matter, though? It's not about me. It, it, it's to help people in, engage in worship. But I don't, not everything we do that I like. Not everything that you, is it, is it really about that? Is it really about those who have yet to come? Is it really about those who have not made it on, the, on the, the wagon yet and the crew that God has? There's still opportunity. There's still empty seats. There's still, there's, there's still place for that. And so when we come to this place where we say these words, we say these words, well, I deserve. What do we deserve? What do we deserve? Your mom said this, and your dad might have said this to you, is this. What you deserve is a spanking. And you're not too big for a spanking. Now, you might be too big for your mom and dad to put you over the knee, but God's not. You're thinking, will God do that? Yeah, the Bible says he disciplines those he loves. He disciplines those he loves. Does he do it out of meanness? No, does it out of love. He disciplines those he loves. And there's a humbling time, there's a humbling time, there's a humbling time in our life. And I see it, the choices that we make humble us. Choices others have made in our life that life's not fair, it humbles us just as much in that. It's a heart check when we come to this place. And I love where Paul puts it very practical for us with not choosing our preferences, but actually preferring others is this. Paul says this, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. When you go through the line at the store, I did that yesterday. I had a few things and there was an elderly lady and, and you know, I, I thought I was, you know, it seemed obvious to do that, to let her through. And you know what? She didn't even thank me. And it was a heart check for me going, buddy, you don't need to be thanked right? We don't need to be thanked. Oh, I can't believe this. What am I doing? I'm making it about me and we're making it about ourselves. It's so clear on that. It doesn't mean we don't, shouldn't work hard. Living last doesn't mean we just slack. No, no, we got a lot of work to do in God's kingdom, but we don't have to be always in the front of the line. Another way of living last is this, offering forgiveness rather than staying offended. I know. I know. We, we do that. We go there a lot, don't we, in forgiveness. We go there a lot. But it's so important. I am simply amazed how easily my feathers get ruffled. <laughs> I'm just amazed by it. I, I amaze myself at how someone can push a button in my reaction. 
Any of you feel that way? Are there any times where you're just recently your button got pushed? Come on, raise your hand if that's you. Okay. Now, not everybody raised their hand. Hey, what's your deal? <laughs> Seriously, I'm offended by that. No, I'm kidding. Isn't it amazing? Even in that, like we, we, the minis of, yes, there's time. But this is what I, lo- that I, I, I love. And you, this, is, I, I, this is tweetable. Did I say not to do social media? I don't, you can do this. If you are doing social media, this is really, really good. If you want to quote this. I love this. I think it's Bob Goff said this. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. I write that. That's pretty good. That's tweetable. Forgiven people forgive people. You think about that. When you truly, truly experience the forgiveness of God and you truly understand it, it's so unfair king loved me so much that he provided everything that I need for my life. Oh, God, I'm so appreciative of that. When an f- opportunity for offense comes and others have hurt us, there's grace that we can extend because we know what it's like. Let me remind us again, because of the cross, we find strength and believe that there's no room for demand of fairness. We, can rem- we need to remember the unfair exchange that, that saved our lives. In response, we can extend unmerited grace to those around us. Do, you, do, do they deserve it? Nope. Neither do we. It's because of an unfair, generous king that we serve. Last, or for living last means this, being real rather than being right. Being real rather than being right. You ever know somebody or maybe you've seen somebody in the mirror that you recognize that they, they have the answer solution to everything. You know those people? Seen them recently this morning. Bob Goff, this new book, we love him. Our family's reading this book. Everybody always, he's, he says this, you can be correct and not right. You can have the right words, but be wrong. Only Jesus has the power to change people. And it will be harder for them to see Jesus if our view of him is blocked by our own opinions. Drop the mic, Bob Goff, okay? People living last don't worry about being right all the time. They just want to be real. And don't we all just need to be real? Finally, last thing, very simple is this. It comes down to this. It's loving rather than judging. It's loving rather than judging. And loving can be sound so vague. It's really an, it's a, it's really an attitude. Because how we see people that get the breaks, that get the fortunes, and you're going, they didn't earn or deserve that. It's the people that get the breaks, that get the bailouts all the time, that they didn't really, they, they, they made a bunch of poor choices and still people are helping them. Now, why people judge people like this or it's just like the people that worked all day and, and they, they, they did all this work. And I think for us, as, especially some of us as followers of Christ, some of us have been around for all, some of us have put our quote time in. We deserve a little bit of appreciation. Come on. Do we? Is it really an attitude adjustment that we have to get to the place that, oh my goodness, there's just some that just haven't really experienced what I've experienced yet. It's really that I found I'm a beggar and I found bread. And that analogy is, how, how do I help other people find it? I, I got on the crew earlier in the day. Yeah, I've been working all day, but the new people coming on, don't we welcome them as well? Isn't it about getting on the crew? Isn't it about getting on the work crew and the vineyard before the day's over? Because we don't know other people's story, do we? We go, that's not fair. They get breaks and they get that. Do, do you know their story? Do you know their setbacks? Do you know their pain? Do you know what's going on really in their life? Why they missed the early shift? See, I'm so glad. I'm so glad people along the way that were already part of the crew that came along and they said, hey, there's room for you right here, Dan. 
Come and join us. They open their circle of relationship so I can be a part of. And I'm absolutely passionate to see everybody come to Jesus in Birch Bay and Blaine and Custer. Aren't you? That there's room. There's opportunity for people to come. And what do we do? We have to live last. We have to open up the opportunity for people to come in relationship, not just to come on a Sunday morning and their seats available, but opening our lives in the relationship with them, wherever and whoever we meet. Living last is modeling what Jesus did for us. See, if there's anyone had the right to judge, it would be Jesus. But his earthly purpose was not for that, but it was because of his great love. Listen to these words. You know, John 3, 16, But do you know John 3, 17 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So if Jesus doesn't judge, why do we? Why do we? Invite our team to come as we pray here today. And as we do, there is room on the Jesus crew. There's room, the vineyard owner is saying, come be a part of my kingdom. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It doesn't matter how late in the day it is. It's just the fact that today is today and tomorrow is not going to exist. Today is the day, Bible says, of salvation. This is the day that God has for you if you've not if you not received this wonderful grace. And I, ha- I, I want to apologize if there's people that stood in the way that they've judged you for not being a part of it. They're working through what they're working through. No excuses for them, but they're working through, they're working through. And it's how easily we can forget the grace of God that's done in our own life. May today be a reminder of that. How wonderful, grace-filled, loving, merciful, just God, who is very, very unfair that it welcomed us in the kingdom. Let's do the same. And as we pray, let me just challenge you with this as you go to live last. Just let's be kingdom builders, not critics. Let's be kingdom builders, not critics. When we open up, you know, open up our phones, open up screen, when we go to our neighbor or our coworker or people we live with or everybody around, can we see through the eyes of a generous, unfair king who sees everyone with an opportunity? Jesus doesn't look down, doesn't judge, doesn't a critic. Let's follow his footsteps the opportunity that we have. Ultimately, this wonderful, amazing King who's really our Father who welcomes us in to be a part of His kingdom. So this morning, I invite you to bow your heads as we pray. As we reflect upon our life today, take this moment, first of all, for yourself. Have you received this invitation that to come, to come, to come to the altar. An altar is really not just coming to a physical place, it's coming to a, a place of, of acceptance, a place in your own heart. And so make an altar right now where you're at. Make an altar right where you're saying, sitting right now. Say, Jesus, I come to you, I come to the altar where you're at. And Lord, Lord will you alter my life? Will you change my heart today? If you haven't received the gift of of this wonderful invitation, Jesus calls us into his kingdom through his son. You, you need to know you don't deserve it. There's justice that's been served and you don't deserve it. You deserve punishment like all of us. But the grace of God through the love of Jesus came 
and provided a way. It was an unfair exchange that you should have paid the price, but Jesus did it for you. And he invites you into this, this relationship now, not to be enemies any longer, be friends. And if you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior and leader of your life, and you want to do that today, I want to invite you just to lift your hand. I want to pray for you today. That's you this morning. I pray for you, opportunity. For many of us here, we've done that. We've, we've been a part of the crew for a while. And we would say this is the moment where we make this chair an altar as well. That we say, Lord, alter my life. Lord, I confess my criticism, my, my critical spirit. God, I confess how I've judged others. God, I, I've I cried out unfair. Others get the breaks and I don't. Others got promoted, I don't. God, I cried not fair when people are accusing me of things I didn't do or I should have done. God, I, I, I lay all that. It's, I don't want to be about me. I want it to be about you. I want it to be about your kingdom. Lord, help me to live last today. And as you respond this morning, let's, let's pray, God. Thank you for this time and opportunity. Lord, thank you for helping us reprioritize and realign ourselves with your kingdom. God, it, I, I pray we wouldn't do it weekly. And we get out of alignment and then we get back in alignment. Lord, today and each day this week, may Lord, we wake up and say, hey, we're gonna live last today. God, what a, what a freedom that could be, Lord, that we, the pressure's off, that we just are part of your kingdom, what you're doing. And Lord, we still need to work hard, but we're not working for ourselves, we're working for you. We're builders of your kingdom, not our own, Lord God. And may we walk in a new freedom in that. May it create these opportunities with people and conversations and ways that we can love, that we truly can rejoice with those who rejoice in their fortunes. And we could truly mourn with those who mourn, Lord, that need your love and your grace as well, that we can be ones to help with that, we pray. And so, Lord, we pray for every heart in this room, God, that we would leave this place as kingdom builders, not critics kingdom influencers of God what you want to do in the heart of the people in our community and beyond God we pray this Lord we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done as earth as in heaven we pray and everybody said amen amen amen